and we're live hi guys welcome to the episode of the Nigerian Sports Fan Podcast I'm your host David and another window closes and as a sports fan I am underwhelmed again <laughs> yeah I am um, it was a very interesting deadline day say one thing about um, football or the Premier League or football the football world in general right the window could be open for a year right nobody's gonna do anything and then on the very final day everybody just suddenly remembers that oh yeah we can do this we can do this we can do this we can do this, can do this. you know reminds me of the days in, in uni when you, know, you would have a project right an assignment that's due maybe monday for example and it's a sunday evening and you were given that date for like for like a month and you're still trying and trying and trying and then on the day of the assignment you stay up on night trying to do the assignment then the, the, in the morning you hear that your professor tells you oh yeah um you guys should just um, bring the assignment the next Monday since some persons are not ready yet. And then you just relax, you know, see you. <laughs> whatever T's and I's you have to cross and dot, you probably leave them till the next day. So that's, I don't know if it's just, it's just the way humans operate. But anyways, without further ado, let's to this episode. Um... So we start with Spurs and then we go to other <laughs> other interesting news. I mean, I was quite happy that Arsenal's uh, window and the way it ended, though, but <laughs> not happy with Chelsea's, though. So with Spurs, right? Um, we start the window. Um, I'm, I'm underwhelmed because you know I don't like the way we go into this window having glaring problems and even I don't like the way the window ended, right? So we enter this window having glaring problems, glaring issues that even whilst the window was open. You know, it was evident that listen, we have to address these issues you know, in this team, right? The very first day, we lost to Villa, you know, and then it was clearly the defending. The goal, and Loris starts, you know, Loris starts his um, his mistakes, his errors, you know. It was just so bad. There was this natural, this consensus on Twitter that okay, it's time to really move on a goalkeeper, right? And it became like an emergency because in the North London derby, the Loris, the first goal was Loris's fault. Um, in the game against Man City, right? I mean, Loris was, you know, was largely, you know, to blame for a lot of the goals considered. You know, then even if you go to last year, the game against Newcastle, I think the game against Leeds. I mean, there were just there was multiple, there's a plethora of errors you can just go through to see that okay, it's time to to replace Loris, right? And you know, so we're going to this window and thinking, okay. I think a goalkeeper will be fine. A goalkeeper, a goalkeeper. Then, the, apart from the goalkeeper thing, centre backs. We have issues with centre backs defending, especially right. So I thought, okay, a left-sided centre back and a centre one would be good. Um, maybe more. I would say more emphasis on the centre one. I don't really the left. Why I'm not saying the left because I, for me, I could say, okay, this one can wait till the summer. But for me, the goalkeeper, because it looks like a pressing, it's, it's clearly becoming a pressing issue. Looking at the fact that, looking at the way uh, Loris was, you know, letting in goals. Um, the centre back, centre one, because of Dyer, goalkeeper, a creative midfielder, preferably one who can play on the play on the right of the front three, because that's likely where this guy plays. And you know, and that was just it for me. Maybe, maybe that was just what I was thinking. Okay, this is what we're gonna sign up. With Spurs, a right wing back was a right wing back, right? With Spurs, they went out and got players in certain positions. But I would say this, right? There were not positions that were the one that was only pressing out of the two signings they made, which is which were Pedro, Pedro Poro and Arnaud Danjuma, you know, out of those two signings, um, Poro was the one that was more pressing. And the Danjuma one, not like it wasn't a pressing signing per se, but I would say um, a centre-back or a, a goalkeeper was more pressing. 
then again we have to be very real i have to be very realistic right in as much as i want to be critical i have to be realistic right it's an open secret that um the kind of goalkeeper that sports will likely be going for somebody who who's likely better with his feet right who's better with his feet than loris was and um kind of a younger profile so we already know that raya and um sanchez you know i think sanchez at brentford bournemouth then raya is at um Brentford. I hope I'm not missing up the two clubs, you know, but they're in these two teams, right? So I think one has like six months left or a year left on this contract. But all I know is that the way they, they deal, these those guys, they have their um, contract structure. They don't have a lot of time. So even if sports were to go in for them in a the summer, maybe. And then again, going for a first choice goalkeeper from another team can be very expensive. However, you know, this is why I'm not really going to, you know, buy this excuse that much. Else. Liverpool had a problem with a goalkeeper. Loris Carrios and they went out and go Alisson. You know, they paid the money they needed to pay for Alisson. It was a world record fee for a goalkeeper, but they understood that this is this is the only guy that can fit us. He fits this um the role we want to play as a like a glove. And that was why I felt uh, felt like listen, you know, maybe it's it's and it's a pressing need because I was after that period um um the goalkeeper was his name, uh, Carrios threw away the Champions League final for them and they went out and said we can't make this. So I'm like, you know, it's a pressing need. If it's a pressing need, why not just go out and just do what you have to do? But, you know, we're supposed to do that thing at their own snail space. So, that, for me, the right wing back was very pressing, obviously. It was very, very pressing. I mean, <laughs> you only need to, I've, I've seen enough of Emerson Royale to know, well, I don't really think uh, this is somebody we... <laughs> I don't think I can take this any longer, man. I mean, I've had segments, I mean, episodes, where I've really spent a large chunk of the episode ranting about Emerson Royale. <laughs> you know, but, but that was just... That was just... That, that, that's it for me, though. But I think the right wing back was pressing. Then the Danjuma one, at first, I think the last episode I was talking about saying that Danjuma maybe wasn't pressing, but was after uh, Richarlison picked up an injury and then you have to see the game against Preston you know if you remember the, the Preston North End game um, where yeah there was a period when Richarlison was out injured for some time even before that game and then looking at the bench it was only Brian Hill that was like the only attacking option on the bench and Brian Hill was the only attacking option on the bench I was like okay I think maybe now we need somebody so Danjuma signed the Mikelos and then if Richarlison comes back okay fine so the Danjuma one can he play on the right I do not know they say he can play on the right, but that's the thing, yeah. They say Richardson can play on the right, and now we know that he can only play on the left and through the middle. On the right, is horrible, right? But Danjuma, are we getting... He played as a second striker. He played as a striker up front for Villarreal in the around the Champions League final last, semi-final last season. And play on the left. But on the right, I've not seen him much on the right. And he's right-footed. He caught him on his right foot. And, you know, he makes runs in behind. So, clearly, the position he plays is different. I don't know if it is on the right because we need somebody for that Kulusevsky role. Because whenever if Kulusevsky, you know, has something like an injury or something, or you know, a bit of a rest, he needs a bit of a rest. That was where the issue came from, and then we we'll probably lose creativity. But with Danjuma, are we gonna get that even if he plays on the right? And that's where the question. That's that's like so. It's a question mark, right? It's a question mark for me at the moment. But Danjuma wasn't a bad, and that's why. You know, I'm not really. It's more of like, eh, you know, not, I, I was underwhelmed because, you know, the time it was, it was signed, not because I was underwhelmed because, like, listen, if you could get this guy, if it was a loan and you could get this deal so quickly, why didn't you try to do it in the first week or the first day when we clearly had attacking crisis? Kane, Son, and um, Brank Hill were like the only, I think Kulusevsky also were like the only attacking, you know, options at the time. The only one was on the bench and there was no one you could bring up the bench. If the game was going south, 
you know there was nobody could bring off the bench to come change things you know i was like why didn't you get this early but you know it's, it's just the way they tend to operate you operate very weirdly in a very funny way so that's that's by the wayside now for me i'm reaching with a 2 over 10 i do i reached a 2 over 10 because i'm really underwhelmed by how it ended because if you look at how much was spent and how much you know they, they were able to structure the deals right so it's basically two loans with options to buy um, I think Poro is more of an obligation to buy. I, th- I think we're trying to get around the um, the Man City's buyback clause. I don't know, but it's a loan with an option to buy five million euros. So effectively, Spurs have spent on like eight million pounds this January window. People will say, "Oh, it's shrewd business. It's shrewd." Well, I felt like when well, I mean, that's the case, surely there should be funds freed up for other positions like a centre. I was thinking, okay, fine. If you do this for a centre, if you get this, if this is how much you spend, surely it's enough money to get a centre back at least, just one at least at least a center back <laughs> come on i mean there was indica i mean maybe maybe con doesn't rate indica Ndika has like six months to go i mean and this excuse of players cannot be signed in january well this is my thing here you know there are teams who got knocked out of the champions league in the group stages right those players there's those signings can be made in january i mean these guys got knocked out. Like, for example sporting lisbon got knocked out in the group stage the same group with sports right so pedro Porro joining sports does make a lot of sense because why well, he's in the he still gets to play Champions League football, right? The same thing with Liverpool when Liverpool had Luis, signed Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz was in the same group with Liverpool at Porto. I think he was they went the knockout rounds if I remember correctly. Whatever, but it was still Champions League and he was able to move to Liverpool. Eventually got to the Champions League final, eventually won two trophies, right? So that move makes a lot of sense. So similar with if you look at this old sports thing too, I think Porto got knocked out in the group if I remember correctly. But anyways, but you get my point. With Spurs now, you know, you would think that, okay, fine, look around. Frankfurt got knocked out in the group stage, right? Surely they should have somebody there that you want. I don't know if I don't know if Spurs rate Kamada that much, but I don't know. We'll see We'll see how it goes. But for me, I, I was really counting down the window. I mean, I hope I get proven wrong, but it's two sign-ins they've just made. But the more you look at it, the attack is well-strengthened. The midfield is fine. I think it's fine. Even if we want to talk about it, if Hoybier... Bentancor, um, Skip, um, call Skip, Bisuma, there's four options. I mean, if I'm being honest, for midfield, they are quite fine, if I'm being honest with you. A lot of the last chunk of the problem with sports comes from the defense. Now, Pedro Porro will probably improve the right hand side with, you know, Romero. I think Romero will not have to worry much about covering up for Emerson a lot. Poro is, because Poro is a proper, you know, in terms of the real world, the right wing back kind of thing, right? So he's not going to worry much about, you know, um, Emerson and obviously that right hand side, you know, the first, the first form of defense is attack. So, because you'll be so occupied with trying to defend against that right hand side, because I mean, I hope I hope look forward to him having a partnership with Kulitesco on the right hand side because of that. You probably expect that side to not have as much defensive um, pressure as it would have. Now, the issue now is the left hand side here, right? And this is the thing, you know, that was okay, fine if you have Ben Davis there. Okay, Ben Davis, um, Perisic, and then Son, right? Obviously, Son has not been in law form. Let's say you put Dan Juma there off. <laughs> Maybe it might not be as bad as you think, but it's just because defensively, Perisic is not up there. And then Longley, and it's just not, you know, the same. That defense is just not, that's really big one. And then Loris, I mean, if anybody gets to bypass that defense, and then take a shot at Loris with the way his form is going. Well, you know, you just don't trust him to make sales. I mean, Loris has had some good games where he has made good sales, like the Fulham game, right? When Spurs won 1 0, he has had made good saves. 
it's just you don't know the day when lawyers will have that kind of form that's the problem now you know before now it was always like this but it wasn't as frequent as it currently is now it's just happening too frequently with lawyers and that's how you know okay maybe it's time to to um to make this um to make this move but overall i don't really know if i would call it a good one i'm just underwhelmed but at least i'm seeing a change in sh- a change in culture culture in the general transfer windows with um spores in the last i don't know five to six years because you know also six to eight years rather or i think five to six years six to eight years but what i would say so was um around 20 around 20 was it 2013 14 season Spurs playing near the striker, so that they could not hit a barn door. I mean, the guy couldn't score, couldn't buy a goal, right? So, so that was going. And then generally comes along, Spurs need a striker. Spurs got linked with anybody who, if he walks like a striker, talks like a striker, you're gonna link with Spurs. You're gonna be linked with Spurs, and Spurs didn't sign any 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 attack, any striker. And then the season goes on, so that was still struggles to score. And then I think eventually Pellegrino joins, and then you know Pellegrino joins the next season, then can get Kane emerges. But Spurs didn't sign a striker, even despite the fact that Spurs needed a striker. Everybody was like, okay, this striker, they didn't sign. So Spurs have had this culture of not making generally signings, and even though they make generally signings, they haven't made the ones that will come straight in. So last year was like the f- even when they brought in Bergwijn, Bergwijn stepped in. It was 2020, but that was like once in you know in a very long time. Now from last year, they made two signings, right, which was. Bentako Kuliseski, who came in and changed the season, turned the season around, if I'm being honest, turned the season around. And then you, this is this period, they've come in, they've made two signings. So there's a change. Uh, that what I would, I would say, okay, fine, there's a bit of a change in the, in the, in the, the bit of a change in culture. I'm not going to completely say, okay, it's a complete change per se, because, you know, I have to see this consistently for a long period of time. If I would say, okay, there's a change. Because two years of change does not erase. 10 years of you know one pattern of behavior it doesn't erase it like that you probably have to see to say okay okay they've truly changed this time around but that's that's my my thing with with um with that now on the uh pedro poro one i think that one dragged longer than it should and again and i think everybody woke up on monday morning on tuesday morning okay i think i did a pod on it on monday so i don't have to talk about it right woke up on monday morning and they went back in for that deal and then they also tired fix do the deal again and then do a deal so I don't think I have to go over the rant of that one, but I would say this, right? Um, the excuse that a lot of the fans who blindly support Levy, who believe that everything he does is right, and the fans who, you know, blindly, you know, support all these things that are going on in the club, even when they know it's not really as, you know, many fans are having valid complaints. They can use that excuse. Oh, you see, we couldn't get the centre back in because, you know, this is why. This is why this is why we spent much of the window chasing Poro, and that's what exactly what happened. And I, I don't know, man. I hope that the attack is more than enough to um, fix any defensive any defensive issue. I, because it's gonna be like we'll score more than you. That's what they're trying to do. If and if, if it's a, we'll score more than you kind of tac- tactic they're gonna adopt. Well, brace yourselves because <laughs> I mean the defense may do its its work, but it may not be as you know effective as most of you will think. You probably be seeing three two kind of score lines wins like me supposed to win three two three two you know that kind of score line and this kind of form can only get you cups i don't know if it can get you i don't know if it can get you top four i don't know if it can because at the end of the day you see need your defense because your fixtures you will go to your your attack may just be properly nullified they may be nullified they may just do enough to nullify your attack and then maybe your attack could only score one goal now your defense has to do a job that's when we will hope that the game against fulham that kind of defensive um 
um, Viano goalkeeping will go from Loris. Hope we'll get that. You know, <laughs> that's just it for me. Overall, yeah, but I think that's my magic on the whole sports thing. Now, other surprises happened, and Chelsea. In this, this is, this is exactly why you know a lot of fans. I I do have an issue with fans when they come up with certain comp when they try and defend the ownership and the way they don't really try and spend when they have to. Look at Chelsea. Just look at Chelsea, right? I mean, I do not like them. I mean, I make fun of them every time, but. I mean, you can't you can't argue that these guys are going to their banter days are not going to last. You just you just know when you see it, right? So they go into this window. Needs declared Kulibali. Kulibali was struggling, right? The centre back he was struggling all season, and then they go in brought in Badiashili, right? Who already improves that position already? It's not like okay, uh, let's hope that Kulibali comes good. No, there's a problem here. But if you have a leaking roof and you fix the roof, for example, it's still leaking. You have to go get okay, fine. Is it the quality? You probably go check it again and try and fix it again. Doesn't mean that you just hope. Okay, fine. Let's hope that the roof stops. The roof stops leaking. Let's hope that it comes good. You know, it it doesn't work like that, right? You know, you fix the problem, right? Either you go back and check the roof again and try and patch it up again, or you check oh the roof wasn't good, then you go and change it again. But either ways, the the point is to fix the problem that is that yeah, it's clearly pressing. You know, you have to go do and Claire Chelsea did that with Badiashili, right? Right back, Rich James is currently out, right? And even though Rich James is currently out, they have somebody playing that position, I think it was Aspilicueta. Even though, yeah, it's not the same and all that, they brought in Gusto. Now, they are preparing for the next season, if I'm being honest with you. They are preparing for the next season, from what I'm saying. Unkuku will join next season, will be, will be there next season. Gusto will be there, him and Rich James will be back for their right back spots. Left back, Kukurea, then probably have somebody else like Chiwell back. Chiwell will be back for left back. Center backs already, they might sign center backs in the summer. Now, the midfield, they brought in, they, they finally got Enzo Fernandez. I mean, Chelsea fans, Ricosta was trending on Twitter. I mean, come on, man. Ricosta was a fantastic player, but the disrespect the guy got yesterday was just uncalled for. Come on, man. You guys can't be this <laughs> selfish. <laughs> you guys can't be this selfish. Come on. <laughs> I mean, they said Costa had an agenda against Chelsea and all that. You know, all the talk and all that. But Benfica finally got the 121 million euros from Chelsea for Enzo Fernandez. It was a deadline they did, they finally did. Um, so they brought in Madweke, brought in Modric. And then um, Caicedo is somebody they might go in for the summer. I do not know they might, but I won't be surprised if they go in. But they saw Jorginho. Um, they saw Jorginho to Arsenal. Which, again, I want to revisit this talking point. I want to revisit this um, topic. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Is it really a rivalry? I mean, maybe you guys have to... You guys need to have a conversation. Do you really consider this a rivalry? Because everybody's looking and saying, how can this be a rivalry when there have been so much cross-carpeting between both sides and players who cross-carpet do not get abused, do not get backlash. Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, you should abuse a player and all that, but I'm, I'm not like I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm abusing a player, but criticism and, you know, you harshly, you know, let the player know that you did the wrong thing here. You're not supposed to do this, right? Like, you probably remind him that if he comes to the stadium, he's going to be uncomfortable. You know, you're going to boo. You're going to, you know, remind him that it's not cool. What you did is not good. I've, I don't see that with ex Chelsea players. I do not. I hardly see that with ex Chelsea players who go to Arsenal or ex Arsenal players who go to. And, and the funny thing is this, right? It's been so one sided because Chelsea are the ones that benefit from this. So Chelsea are selling the players who are their sell by date, who have passed their sell by date, they are giving them to Arsenal. Or they are on their sell by date, selling it to Arsenal at the right time, and then Arsenal gets the after Chelsea have squeezed out the juice from Blandy, William, David Luiz, um, um, oh Jesus Christ, 
Peter, Peter Cech. These players were already finished when they went to Arsenal. And it showed when they were playing. They were already finished. And now you have Jorginho, 31 years old. Listen, watching Arsenal, everybody can tell that Partey is their most important player. I, even, for that reason, even the, that makes him the best player. Because you take away Partey, Arsenal become so vulnerable. You know, they become they become very likely to concede. I think the games they've lost this season, Partey, the IL didn't start or it came off. You know, those are games that they've lost. The game at Old Trafford, the game against PSV in the Europa League, um, the game against Man City was Lukonga who started there. Lukonga who went to eventually went to Crystal Palace on the deadline day. You know, these these um, these things that happen with Arsenal, you clearly can tell that Partey is the best guy. He's the best, their best player. So the aim was that okay, fine, they're gonna get a backup in for party. And I spoke to my friend who's an Arsenal fan yesterday about this, and we talked about it. And um, he 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 was like, you know, he was like, it didn't really sound very um, much disappointed because he spoke about the fact that it's a, I think it's a one-year contract with um, Jorginho. You know, they need cover for party. But this, this is the thing, right? I know because that, and this is the thing, right? I think we, we talk about this at length. It's a really long, really long conversation. We talk about. But I, I, I said, listen, and this is my point, I'll just mention anyways. With Jorginho, why I think he's finished, I think there are some qualities that he has. You know, his passing range sometimes can be quite good. But a player like Jorginho, the role he's playing and the role that he's expected to play are very different. So the role he played at Napoli is similar to the one that uh, Pirlo played for AC Milan, right? Where, not like he's of the same class. I'm, I'm trying to make this as clear as possible. My point is this, right? He played with a destroyer, right? So at Napoli, it was it was um, Alan, right? And AC Milan at that time, it was the destroyer was um, Gattuso. It was a destroyer, right? So with Jorginho, he didn't really have that much um, defensive responsibility as he would or as he should have had, you know, because somebody else was doing dirty work, right? So he was less focused on that and more focused on other parts of his game. It's, I don't know if it's like, if it's, if it's like this deep line playmaker kind of thing, right? That's what he was at Napoli. Comes to Chelsea. I remember the very first season when was, when he was at Chelsea. It was so easy. I remember the, the goal son scored. Yeah, he took he ran from defense. He just passed to Jorginho like Jorginho was not there. It was just so easy. And then Jorginho looked better when he played with Kante, right? So the point I'm making is this, right? At Arsenal, are they, is he gonna get that? Because they near the back of a party, and Lukonga wasn't the guy. But if you're gonna get that, Jorginho's powers have waned over the years. Has waned. So even if whatever he was, and Chelsea fans are beginning to complain about Jorginho, a lot of them were complaining about him that his quality was not the same. So if you're if you're losing that that ability, if you're if you're losing that, you're getting him at this age where he's currently he's currently at. I think he's 31 older than Party. I mean, what's what's the guarantee that okay, if Party because Party now their injury worries now is having injury worries. If Party is injured. Would Jorginho be able to do it? No, he can't. Clearly, I mean, party reading of the game, transitions, you know, being able to do all these things. He's quite, he's been quite good for us now so far this season. Jorginho can't do that, and Sambi Lokonga, one of the reasons why he left, can't do that. So, Jorginho is an improvement on Lokonga, yes. And then he just got go injured yesterday, but is Jorginho able to do what he did? And listen, playing Jorginho with Xhaka, I do not think it will yield as much as good a result as it would if it's yielding. With party because Jacques role is a lot different than he was being forced to play. I think it was when he was signed also again similar to that problem, being forced to play um, as a DM when he clearly wasn't because the role he played for Switzerland was much different than the one he was playing for for Arsenal. And then you see that with this guy. 
and then I also think I also point out at zone. I also think uh, there's also this similarity of problem that Hoy Bear is also facing too with sports, right? Hoy Bear's role at Denmark, remember the role he's playing at sports. So at the sports, they want him to play a DM kind of role, right? But at Denmark, he plays a different kind of role. Del- Delaney is like the defensive one. Then um, Hoy Bear is the one that's a little bit more offensive and that's why Denmark is completely different I think it was even at the World Cup against France even in the Nations League was dominating games his scores were so high even at the World Cup it was so good right so it's where we have a, we need to have some kind of conversations and ask questions you know some of these players maybe it's just the system they are being forced to they have been the kind of role they are being forced to play in now I think even at even at Southampton this guy um how you play with Romero Romeo, right? Romeo at as a DM, they play with what Pratt sometimes at some point, but the the role is kind of different. But my point is, you know, sometimes these roles are are is different from what you, you might be expecting him to come replace. That's what I'm trying to say. So again, again and this was I want to highlight this, right? I'm happy with the way um, Arsenal's window has gone. The way I mean, I'm happy because. Uh, <laughs> The targets they wanted to get, they didn't get them. That's my happiness. That's why I'm happy. They wanted Modric, right? I'm happy they didn't get Modric. I'm happy they got Trossard instead of Modric. Maybe Trossard might do well for them, but compared to what Modric probably would have given to them, I'm happy that that's not what they got. Then Caicedo, listen, I was so scared when they were linked with Caicedo. I won't lie, I was so scared. I was like, listen, if, 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 because that is, that is, you're looking at Partey's replacement ready for them i was like nah no way please i hope they don't get this guy i was so freaking i was like jesus christ no way i i want their misery to be back i want their banter days to be returned but you know with the way they are going i was like come on please don't this guy should not sign and i was happy to get kaiser to end up with georgina i was like hey that's less and then the person in the center back right listen the the meltdown from arsenal fans on twitter yesterday was something i've missed for a long time because for a long time I mean, I think that this time last year, Arsenal fan, Arsenal Twitter was so, the meltdown was just <laughs> so beautiful to witness <laughs> because it's either they're complaining about something and this time it was the first time because we were so happy all season. I'm like, you guys have been so happy. Come on, we need entertainment. AFTV, come on, give us something to laugh about. <laughs> I mean, all season, Arsenal fans were just too happy. So I was like, they need something to be crying about. And yesterday was, um, was good to see. I don't think that window was as good as you know it was supposed to be. They brought in one Polish defender from Spezia. I don't think it's as good as you know people it was supposed to be, or it should have it would have been if they had gotten who they really wanted to get. I don't think it would have been like that. But all the same, I'm I'm cool with the way it went. It's just I'm still worried about Chelsea's own because I mean Chelsea, the, with the speed at which they are spending money and the fact that they spent in this period, they will go in the summer and where they are structuring the deals, eh? I mean, this guy, Enzo Fernandez is eight years. Um, um, this guy, what's his name? Modric is seven years. So it's around. It's a way of FFP rules, right? So they've given that that lengthy contract because of FFP, because they they'll be able to pay those deals like in a kind of installments to be able to. I mean, oh God, bro, I, I won't lie. Eh? I fear for the summer because Chelsea they've shown the financial power they have in January. Imagine what they will do in the summer. When is that going for targets? I mean, I, I don't know, man. They have a lot of money to spend. The way I'm seeing it, <laughs> I, but I hope they finish tenth. <laughs> I hope they finish. <laughs> I hope they finish tenth. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's okay. Then Liverpool. Um, I, I don't know if their window didn't really go as good as 
it's 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 not good. Their window isn't good because um they need a midfield. They need somebody in midfield. I mean, they've not replaced Vanadon for a long time, and Caicedo is somebody that I think would even suit them so well. I mean, Bisuma would have suited them. Caicedo would also suit them, right? So, you know, looking at that, I don't know. And Klopp was like, no, they are, they are cool. And Kodigakpo, Kodigakpo was not who they want. I don't think they need Kodigakpo at all. I do not think they need Kodigakpo at all. Okay, fine. Not at all per se, but in terms of order of needs, um, I don't think they would have, that's who they, 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 they would have gotten. They should have gotten first. Midfielder was a priority for me. Somewhere like Vinaldom to replace that guy. And I think they, should, they were better off trying to chase Kaiseido. Or trying to they even try, even try to get him in the summer. Right? They should just actually get Kaiseido because for me, I don't, I don't really think that Vinaldom because Trent is suffering from it, Robert is suffering from it. They can't really get somebody to to fill in when those guys bomb forward. And it's also affecting their attack because Salah is not as offensively um, effective as he has been in the last few two to three seasons with, with Liverpool but then again whenever the rivals don't get their targets I'm sort of happy about it and that's why when I was and they were on Twitter they were crying I was so happy about it with the same thing with uh, the Caicedo one I mean you have to see the way they were so entitled I was like you guys realize that this is a club they invested money into getting this guy into their club this young guy Caicedo he's their player so they have every right to demand what they want and they don't replace my lined up with Listen, with Umwepu, right? If they had Umwepu, maybe... But even if they had Umwepu, I don't think they would have sold more. They were probably prepared to sell to prepare to a player in that position so that they would sell in the summer. But they didn't. You know, they, they, they had... To. So, again, I think we can sell. They probably say, okay, listen. Give us till the summer. We agree a deal. And then, you know, you go in the summer. Let's get a replacement in. And, you know, and that's just Brighton. The way Brighton move. But I, I, in the summer... Who knows? Chelsea might go in for Caicedo. Who knows? Chelsea might go in for Caicedo. So whenever I'm happy about a, a, a rival team's window, you know, it's, it's, it's not because I care. I mean, come on. I'm happy about it because they didn't get their main targets that I think would have made them a lot more dangerous. So the ones they got, maybe, yeah, but not compared to who they really wanted. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how they also feel about sports too, right? I mean, everyone when sports didn't get Dybala and everybody was celebrating on Twitter. So <laughs> it's the way it is for me. Yeah, but so with Liverpool, I think Liverpool needed that, but they didn't get, and I don't, I don't really think their struggles are over this season. And then losing um, Ibrahim Konate, it's it's not losing Konate is not a good thing. He's currently the best centre back at Liverpool currently on form, and the reality is that he him getting injured is a huge blow for them. And Liverpool are out of all cup competitions, clearly not in the title race, and now they meet Real Madrid in Champions League, which is in this month of um, February, right? So it's it's not looking good, bruv. <laughs> it's not looking good for Liverpool at all. You know, so they will need a proper they needed they needed somebody in the midfield at least and they didn't get that and that for me is why I think, you know, it's not good. It's not their struggles will not end anytime soon, do I see it? And against Real Madrid it's not really gonna be easy. I mean, it's not gonna be easy at all. At all at all. But it is what it is. So um with uh, Man City, well I'm the surprising the surprise of this of the well, I said the surprise of the day, the pre- it, was, it didn't happen on the deadline day, though. It was the previous day. Cancelo, Joao Cancelo leaving. Was it on Tuesday or the previous day? I can't remember. One of the two days. But Joao Cancelo leaving. It was on Monday, later, in, I think, on Monday evening. Joao Cancelo leaving to Bayern Munich. Well, I'm very surprised because um, with the way the um, window has gone, 
or the way Man City were playing and the way they've been doing, he has been performing this season. I was thinking because he plays left back, he plays like an, like that. I talked about this in my previous one of my previous episodes where I said he plays the way Michael used to play for Mourinho's Inter Milan, where there was a right centre back or sorry, there was a left, there was a third centre back in the back four who would tuck in and then he would go. This winger would go full back, would go forward, become like an extra winger. So with Cancelo, he was playing on the left side of the back back four, right? And then sometimes he would walk out, would tuck in. Sometimes it would be Akanji who would tuck in as part of the back the back line. So with Cancelo, I was surprised that he was going. So then we found out why. So there was a training ground disagreement. So he, according to the reports that came out, he found out his name was not, he was on the bench against Wolves. And then he stormed off and went to the team boss to sit alone. I think the game in the FA Cup match against Arsenal, he wasn't, he didn't start. So a lot of, it, that caused an issue. And then he threatened, he said he would leave. And listen, you can't threaten Guardiola. <laughs> you can't tell Guardiola that you're going to leave as a threat. Guardiola will be like, okay. I mean, Guardiola is one of the, if not the most, one of the, it will go as down as one of the greatest of all time. If not the greatest of all time, in terms of managers, he's up there, right? Whether you say he spent money, doesn't spend money, that leave, that's a whole different, that's your own business. But Guardiola is going to be somebody who everybody will say, okay, this is one of the greatest of all time. He has managed some of the best players of all time. In terms of, listen, we're not talking about, let's leave, let's not talk about Messi, right? Let's talk about fullbacks. He has managed Dani Alves. He has managed Philip Lam. Philip Lam, who's, I mean, that guy doesn't have enough PR, right? I think he's somebody that a lot of people have forgotten about when he retired. He's a very intelligent footballer, one of the best. Could play midfield. He was intelligent enough to play midfield, DM. Intelligent enough to play fullback, Philip Lam. Easily one of the most intelligent footballers of all time, one of the most intelligent footballers, right? That's somebody who Guardiola has managed really well. Cancelo is not in those people's class. So there's no way. <laughs> He's not in the class of those guys, right? Pep is like, okay, I mean, I've seen better than you. So, you know, okay, <laughs> you know. And they sold him. He was long with, option, long with obligation to buy with Bayern Munich and he left. And now, I think what he did was he blocked all the Man City big fan pages. He blocked all the big pages. He blocked all of them on Twitter. <laughs> I think on Twitter and Instagram. It was very funny. But, you know, I think the way that move ended was fun. And then to see that Man City were not going to sign any player. I was even afraid because I was thinking they were going to activate Pedro Poro's uh, buyback clause. But they said they were not going to activate. And they are not going to sign a left back. Or a left back because Cancelo's role is playing as a left back. He's playing... It cuts inside with his right foot, plays a very kind of different role from the right back. So he'll play left back. So who are they gonna play at left back? Are they gonna now Aki is who gonna play there? So I who's not gonna be the right side? Probably gonna play Lewis, the academy player. I think I saw he was training in their first team yesterday. So clearly is that who's gonna step in to play on the right of the back four and then they'll play Aki on the left. We'll see. But very likely that's likely what they are gonna do with Man City. But I think they are prepared. Then there were reports that Bernard Silva was ready to leave. They didn't really the move didn't materialize eventually though. I'd have liked Spurs to throw their hat in the ring for that for that guy because I mean Bernardo Silva is fantastic, right? For that right side of the front three with that closest he can play as a number eight also. You know, so he, he was a he was for me it was a rule that something that Spurs should have probably tried to consider, but it is what it is. I don't know man. Man City did shock me with the cancel, but but I say after I read the report, I was like, okay, I think I understand why. I mean, no player bigger than the club. You can't really let a player have that kind of power. You can't you have to set an example. When other other players can't see that guy and think, oh yeah, he did it, we can do it too. So they have to feel like, okay, we can't really try. The last guy who did this got sent away. So we have to be careful with the way we move, you know. And that's for me is why I, I think it's that's why I think it's very, very important that, you know, these guys 
as it's very important that Man City made sure that listen, you're not gonna do this here. You can try this somewhere else, but not here. You know, and I think they were, they were, it was a good thing for Man City. Anyways, um, that's all I've said about Man City. Um, overall, which other team again? Manchester United. So I just remembered. So they signed Sabitzer. Eriksen got ruled out until uh, April. So they signed Master Sabitzer. Um, Sabitzer, somebody who a lot of sports fans, including myself, was were really clamoring for that sports should sign. We're really saying, okay, sports, sign this guy, sign this guy. And it never really happened. He went to Bayern Munich eventually. Turns out to be that the move again at Bayern Munich, he hasn't really played as much. We haven't really seen a lot from him. And it's time for Manchester United. It's a loan. I think it's a straight loan. I don't think I remember. I don't remember an option to buy or an obligation to buy. I think it's a straight loan. I think it's an option to buy. I can't remember. I'll remember as I can't remember. I think I don't know which. I'm confused. I think it was one as a straight loan and not option to buy. Talking of loans, my Doherty, obvious also. As, um, finally left 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 sports yesterday. Let's talk about that. Let me talk about my one. So, Sabitza to replace Eriksen. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean. Most of the videos we're seeing were from his days at Leipzig, so that means that his move at Bayern Munich hasn't really been very good. But we've seen this before. There are players who have made a move to a certain club. Um, they've not had as good a, an experience as they should, as they hope to have had, and then they move to another club and they become good. I remember very, uh, Thierry Henry. Um, he was at Juventus. Um, he was playing on the left wing. wasn't doing well. wasn't playing well. And then Wenger brings him from. Juventus plays him through the middle and then it's a revelation, right? Um, this other guy, Kulusevski, at um, Juventus, right? Was at Parma, fantastic player at Parma, played at Juventus, wasn't getting game time, comes to sports, becomes fantastic. So, are we going to get that kind of um, uh, view with that? And also, also with, even um, Fabregas, also with Chelsea, Mourinho's Fabregas, right? Mourinho's Chelsea. Fabregas at Barcelona, wasn't playing for some time, struggling. He was playing with one Champions League with them, yes, like, I think he didn't win Champions League with them. I can't remember if he did. Anyways, played first nine, but never really had a nail down spot there. I mean, Xavi and Iniesta were already there. Then Busquets, so that role was already tight. So he was playing as a first nine a lot, and you know, sometimes he would come in the midfield. So he had that period in play, getting a lot of game time. Chelsea goes in, gets him in, and then he becomes a revelation. So are we going to get that with Sabitza? There's a chance we would because, I mean, he can play. In the CM role, and then Direction Rigan plays number ten. So I don't. But he's, obviously his passing range may not be as Ericsson, good as Ericsson, but he has a very good long range shot. He's 28 currently, so we'll see how it goes with Sabitzer. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I hope he doesn't. I hope. Listen, I hope all these players flop for all these other teams. I hope. Uh, I hope all these players flop. I hope they become a disaster. I mean, I, I mean the Arsenal ones. I hope they flop. The one at Chelsea, I hope they flop. I mean, the banter is going to be fun. The main one, I hope they flop. You know, <laughs> but I'm trying to be as logical as possible in terms of approaching these um, signings. I don't think Sabitzer would be as bad a signing for United as we think, as people think. I think he's for the midfield role is a lot more stronger on the ball than Eriksen would. So they may play him as a CM and then play Fernandez as a ten, where they've been playing. So I don't know. I think for that role, maybe he might be a lot suited to it. But we'll see how it goes with with uh, Man United. Um, as the season pro progresses, so back to the loan stuff with sports. I just remembered, um, Doherty, right? So, a lot of sports fans were, and I, 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 my reasons for a lot of sports fans were angry that Doherty left. Which, you know, a year, a year ago, this time, a lot of sports fans put him on their list of players that should leave. So, everybody has had a change of heart on Doherty, almost everybody, because of a few months of form. Listen, I, 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 never, I never really hated Doherty per se, I think I understood. That you know he wasn't playing as a wing back spot, and when Conte came, I was sort of happy because I thought he would play as a wing back on that Conte. 
but a lot of Doherty's struggles had a lot to do with the fact that Spurs were not playing with wing backs. He was being forced to play at the right back, and that was a problem. So I felt maybe Royale should leave before Doherty. But I think Doherty is his deal expires in 2024. So you know, Spurs expired, and Spurs sent him out on loan to Alekman. So Spurs had reached the limit of players he can loan out. So Spurs had to terminate his contract, and then he joined Alekman on a free for the next six months. So um, we'll see how it goes. He'll probably have a change, but he's 31. I think he turns 32 this year. So he might have a very good career as Alekman get a, get a really long-term contract and then stay with them. But we'll see how it goes with um, with Madoherty. Now Poro, obviously gonna come in. Hopefully he starts, you know, as the first choice right wing back. And then, um, yeah, with um, with Everton, also I'm talking about Everton. Everton didn't really make any signing, and that was surprising. Um, but see, they had interesting players though. Paul Onoachu, 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 and the tall striker from um, six six seven from Genk or Ghent. I keep I keep mistaking those two teams. I hope I hope I, I said the right right one. So it, it was from that the Belgian league. I think it's a top class. Sixteen goes in eighteen league matches. I think eventually chose Southampton. Then um, there was another player who chose chose um somebody over Everton. So Everton didn't really make any signing. And um it's not they expect are they gonna expect Sean Dash perform miracles? Well Sean Dash has kept Burnley up on his shoestring budget. I mean on nine fifty K I mean at one point they brought only who deals Dale Stevens in one window. But 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 you can only do so much. Those things may not happen again. So we'll see we'll see how John Dash performs there. Um everything are in big trouble, that's what I would say. They're in big trouble. And the fact that Southampton are the are a team that are close to them, other teams around them were strengthening, and everything are the only team who didn't. That's not looking good at all, especially when you look at the position on the table. But I expect Sean Dash to get them back to basics. Um old school for four two. You know, that kind of system, big striker, smaller striker, maybe Cavalewin and uh, Neomope. They might play left wing, um, this guy, Demary Gray, left wing. Uh, it will be as a right of the, of the right side of the midfield. Um, Ganage and um, this guy, what's his name? Um, Onana in the midfield. They might play if a back four. Left back, Mayalenko. Centre back, Konokodi and um, Tarkowski. Then right back will probably be Patterson or Shemos Koman if Koman still has the legs. Then goalkeeper Pickford. So they might have this 4-4-2 team. It's flat, very, very compact, concede less goals. I mean, it will be may probably have a role where he may not be as offensive as um, De Marigue would be. Then he will probably be somebody who's going to be talking inside a lot. Because, I mean, they're going to, listen, Everton are going to do a lot of work and grafting for the next few months. It's not, I'm not, it's not, no fanciful but nothing. I'm talking about a proper grafting work. Cause that's what they need. They need to fight. It's relegation battle, and I don't want them to go down. I really don't. I mean, one of the founding members of the, one of the founding members of the Premier League, and then um, I have a soft spot for them. And if they go down, they'll be the only, apart from they'll be sports will not be the only founding member of the Premier League that has not won the Premier League, and that's who that's that is that's never gone down, right? Because okay, let's put it this way: founding members of the Premier League that have not that have not gone down, right? But they've won the league. Sports will be the only one that will be left because until Villa got relegated, it was Villa. Villa went down. Now it's Everton. If Everton goes down, it's it becomes um, Sports alone. I suppose we have, that the banter will be increased. So <laughs> Sports. <laughs> Apart from that, actually, I do have a solo for Everton. I don't want them to go down. So you know, but we'll see how it goes as the season progresses. But the way it's looking, the way other teams around them have strengthened and they're looking better from the Everton. Well. It's not looking good. I don't. I don't really know if a lot of Everton fans have a lot of hope, a huge hope that they will stay up. 
you know, and that's it for me. But you know, even if you do, you need three teams that are worse than you. I look around the league, I can only think who are the three teams that are worse than Everton. That for them to be that lucky, and that's where the problem comes. I can't really think of anyone who's luck, who's worse. Maybe West Ham, you know, but I think West Ham beat them, or did they beat West Ham? But okay, fine. Even if it's West Ham, that's one. We are the other two that are worse than you, and that's. I don't know if it has finally caught up with Everton, but it's it's one of those things that it's you know sad to to see. But yeah, and um, other in other news, um, Barcelona when he signed Amrabat, ended up not signing Amrabat. I think Fiorentina eventually blocked that move. I don't know why. Amrabat tried to force a move, then eventually, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually didn't really go through. And um, yeah, there was a game yesterday also, Newcastle beating um, Southampton. So their first final since 1999, and interestingly. The last time they played the final was against Manchester United in 1999. So it's against Manchester United again this time. So we'll see how it goes. It, Newcastle may end their trophy drought. It's going to be their first trophy since 1955 or so. So they may end their trophy drought. So we'll see how it goes. But I find it interesting that everybody, the League Cup is now suddenly like a good trophy now. But when sports were in the final, everybody were trying to downplay it like it's. And even sports fans were trying to downplay it like it's not a trophy. And now all of a sudden, everybody thinks it's a good trophy. I mean, you, ah, anyways, it's, it's enough. Um, we'll see how season goes. Um, so I think it's um, as far as I've spoken about um, for the other members of the talking about for the members of the big six um, and then some other teams here and there. Apparently, another thing to also talk about is the go- the spending of the Premier League. Um, a lot of people from other leagues are having problems with it. And I, again, I will say this. I've said if I will say it again for the umpteen time. In the 90s, Syria was the league that everybody was going to with the, in terms of money. La Liga was the one in the thousands. It's the Premier League and also the tens. It's the Premier League's time to shine. Premier League, they got that TV money in 2016 and they haven't looked back. It is their time to have money. Everybody should stop being jealous. This Super, oh, super League, no, sorry, man. It doesn't play here. You had your chance. Your chance to shine. It's, it's a cycle. It, it's good. It rotates. It's Premier League's turn to, to, to spin the money, to be the money spinners. So let them enjoy their time. It might be another league in the future. We'll see. But for now, it's Premier League's time. And they have a lot of money. Right? I mean, look at Bomo trying to get Zaniolo. And they were able to put up the money, 30 million euros for Zaniolo. And Roma were ready to talk. I mean, come on, man. It's it's just one of those things. But we'll see. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. That's the end of today's Deadline Day episode. Um, hopefully, the signings that Spurs have made are enough to help us win, um, end our trophy drought this season. And, um, yeah, hopefully we... Yes, I am. Call me crazy. Hopefully we find a way to win the Champions League and the FA Cup. I'll be like, yes, that would be the only thing that would make me feel like this season is good and make me soft in the blue. Because the thing about knockouts is, is there's luck in it and then you only need to, your players to play well for one game. I mean, if you think about the players that have won the Champions League and how they perform for one game. I remember Jimmy Traore, Liverpool's left back. You match Traore, I mean, that guy was awful, right? But all they needed was one or few, two matches and then maybe some good draws. You know, so hopefully... FA Cup and Champions League. I think because I don't think sports will finish top four. I don't know. I have that faith that they will finish top four. I think I have a lot more. I think they are better off putting their energy into the cup matches. If I look at the top four, I'm looking at teams that are currently in better better form than sports, have better defensive record than sports, more likely to not concede goals than sports because you need a good defense to, to finish that high. And as it stands, Arsenal, Newcastle, Man City, Chelsea. No, not Chelsea. Sorry, Manchester United. You know these four teams. Defensively, they are better than sports. They don't consider as much goals. 
you know, and then, you know, they're in better form. And that's why, you know, even if it's why I don't have as much faith. I mean, Newcastle may eventually hit a rough patch. Maybe they might have a rough patch. They are the ones that are more likely to drop out of that pack. But, you know, till then, but for me, I think sports should just try their best, take the cup matches seriously, name a, full, name a strength side, you know, and try and stay in and get as far as they can go. And hopefully, just qualify first and pray for the draws. Like, example, the draws for the FA Cup on Monday, Spurs got Spurs are going to be playing either Wrexham or Sheffield United, so that's a good draw. So Spurs, when they play either Wrexham or Sheffield, United, any of those teams that progress, Spurs have to play, name a full strength side to ensure that they progress to the next thing and just keep progressing. And that's just it for me. So um, that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, have a nice um, enjoy the rest of your day and have a nice um, weekend because this will be going to be the second episode of the week and last episode of the week. So I'll see you on Monday. By the time Swords have played Man City and hopefully we have uh, won that game. Hopefully Danjuma has scored. Hopefully we see Poro, you know, do his thing. Hopefully Poro starts. And um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Have a nice weekend. Um, bye.